Hello and welcome to the Tabletop for Two podcast. I'm Brad Van Vutt. I'm Emily Van Vutt. And we're back again to discuss uh, our past couple weeks in board gaming. Uh, later on in the show, we're also going to talk about our favorite games to bring out uh, when gaming with other non-gaming couples. Basically, with couple couples that don't play, you know, medium and heavyweight games, the games that we like to bust out and that are most successful for our game nights. Uh, but before we do that, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. But before we do that, um, just a reminder that you can find us online uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Instagram. If you search at Tabletop for Two, you can track us down there. Um, and you can also subscribe to the show using iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio. Uh, Pocket Cast and soon to be Google Play Music once that gets rocking and rolling on Google's end. Um, so let's just get right into it here. Uh, the first game that we played, uh, this is one that I've had for a couple months uh, and I've been looking for a time to get it to the table. And finally, I put it on our get it to the table list. Um, so we knocked it out. And that is Agents of Smirsh, uh, which is from Eighth Summit Games. So this is um, essentially it's it's. Like a story adventure it's Eldritch game. Eldritch horror with a spy theme. That's that's a great way to <laughs> boil it down. More most people would compare it more to Tales of the Arabian Nights, which I know you're not familiar with. No. Um, so you go in through. In case y'all don't know, Brad does all the research on the games in this house. Yeah. So basically, you 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 you. It's a cooperative game where you're working together as spies, um, trying to take down this you know evil, you know criminal network basically, um, and you globe trot around the world, and every time. You go somewhere, you have some sort of encounter there. Um, the way the encounters are done is you draw a card um, corresponding to the region that you're in. There is a giant freaking book with this game. Yeah, I remember your eyes bugged out of your head when you first uh, saw that, did you not? It looks like a Dungeons and Dragons book. But it wasn't that intimidating once you figured out how to use it, right? No, I get how, but like, uh, so you draw a card and you have the number off the card mm-hmm. and the number of your this and your number of your that and then yeah. i mean this thing is ginormous yeah so like the I car- had textbooks that were smaller than this book the card will tell you what type of encounter you're having so you might have like a card chase with somebody and then it gives you um a number of options of a way that you can react to the situation like mm-hmm. you can go in aggressively or you can play it cool or you can well yeah, it gives you you have to pick from sorry you have to pick from like a. It gives you a pick from group H, right? And you have okay. Here's the reactions from group H, and that's one of the numbers in that corresponds to which uh, thing gets read out of the book. Yeah. So and so like by the time by the time you get to the end of it, you may might be like, all right, read you know section twenty three dot seven dot four. Yeah. And there's an adventure <laughs> that you have, and usually it involves some sort of a skill check. Um, if you pass, usually something good happens. Um, if you fail, something bad happens, and, and they always. test. Not always, but something. Well, actually, something bad always happens because whenever you fail an encounter, um, the the villain in the game, uh, Doctor Lobo, gets more gets harder to beat basically. And if if you fail too many encounters, oh, yeah, right. then you then you lose the game, which happened to us yep. easily in our first one. But you enjoyed womp, this a lot, womp. didn't you? I did. I I liked it because it gives that same. Like vibe is Eldritch Horror, but you can play it in about half the time, pretty much. And it's not as creepy. Well, I like the creepiness <laughs> in Eldritch Horror. I mean, and don't get me wrong; I like the theme in Agents of Smirsh as well. I'm a huge James Bond fan, um, so obviously that is Nerd. a well, it's fun. <laughs> um, so obviously that's going to appeal to me as well. But if I like it because if you're jonesing for that type of game, um, but you don't have three hours to sit down yeah. and play it. Um, 
and half love, an hour to sit down and set it up. <laughs> I do love Eldho, but God, does it take so long? It does, and it's fun. Like it we is we fun. like it a lot, but I could see Smursh getting played more frequently just because you can knock it out in about an hour. Like it took us an hour and we lost. I would imagine it would probably only take about an hour and a half if we were able to get through to the end of the game successfully. Well, that, and I think we like playing Eldritar with more people also. I, I mean, we like it just ourselves. We've played it with just you and I more than we've played it any other way. Well, I know, but still, I think it, I think, you know. Mm. Now, the only thing, the only criticism I would levy at Agents of Smirsh, so if, if you've never played it, um, the way that you win is you have to go around the world and you're basically collecting intel on Dr. Lobo. And you also have to fight his henchmen that he has spread out across the world. And they're all like, you know, spy movie tropes, basically. Um, but whenever you collect intel, you don't get to see what you're collecting. And depending on how strong Dr. Lobo is, you need specific types of intel mm-hmm. to beat him. So... There are ways to mitigate that. Like there are things you can do in the game to flip over some of those Intel tokens that you collect to see what you have. So you can kind of figure out what you need, but you could theoretically go through the whole game, you know, and have a ton of Intel and And at the game, you you might not win just because you don't have these specific ones that you need. Um, I mean, that's a challenge of the game. I get it. It'd probably be a lot easier and you could luck into a win if you knew that you had all the specific, you know, types of Intel that you needed. Minor critique. Um, I do like the way the skills are rationed out in the game. Um, I also like that they have advanced skills. So basically, there are you can get in, you pick out a couple of advanced skills for your character before the game starts. And there are certain encounters that you have that if you have a specific advanced skill, um, you'll automatically pass that encounter. So it kind of it makes your character feel more like your own, basically, more than it might in say Eldritch Horror, where you know the character has the preset loadout and you don't really do much else with them besides acquire new items and stuff like that. So that was neat. Um, but winner for you, definitely. Yes. Okay. So this, this one will be played again at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, that's agents of Smirsh. Uh, check it out. If you're looking for, uh, if you love spy themes, it's, it's a lot of fun. Light, we'll call it. Yeah. And, and like I said, the, the, the theme is well done. It's the game's sort of tongue in cheek, but it, some of the some flavor sort of, text is hilarious. Yeah. But it's fun. It's 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 a good time. Um, definitely would recommend checking that out. Uh, next, what? I can't read. Oh, that. you can't read. It I can't read it. Away. No, you have it angled weird. Sorry. There we go. Is that better? <laughs> yes. Thank you. Sorry, we're sharing one computer screen here to look at our docket. Um, so next on our list was one that someone was so excited because he did not believe that Sunday delivery actually existed. But we were out and about for the day. We come home. Magically, there's a package on our porch on Sunday. That's right. I've been and waiting was, for this one for a while. And it was Orleans. Yes, the Kickstarter, my Kickstarter copy finally and, came and in the mail. And it was funny because right before we got home, he's like... So, hmm, what are we going to play this evening? Maybe we'll play one of our new games. And then he gets home. And he's like, oh, my God. He goes, this is what we're playing tonight. This is what we're playing tonight. I'm like, oh, my God. Calm down. <laughs> so, first, first impressions of Orleans. Um, Fantastic. Well, the well, the I handed you the package. He hands me the and package. It, and it weighed like six pounds. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, for those who don't know, um, Orleans <laughs> came out in Germany uh, last year. It was one of the big hits. Um, later in the year around Spiel and, and BGG Con and stuff like that. Um, it was nominated for the Kenner Spiel de Jahres, which is the, the connoisseur game of the year award means like the medium weight game of the year, essentially. Um, and Tasty Minstrel picked it up, uh, for the U.S. release and they put, but they put it on Kickstarter. Now this guy here, 
I was sitting there and he, he had mentioned about this game before and I'm sitting there one day and I was perusing what we already had, you know, mm. going with Kickstarter. And I saw this and I was like, hey, did you see that this game is up on Kickstarter? He's like, shut up. He's like, <laughs> did you back it? I was like, no, I didn't back it. I'm not signed. I was like, you do all that. <laughs> so TMG, what they did for the release is they did a deluxe edition, which cost, I think, like 10 bucks more, something like that. But what it did is it took pretty much all of the cardboard tokens that came in the game so all the money all the goods all the character tokens all the little player tokens little side note they were really (laughs) nice cardboard tokens too. they were yeah the punch board was really thick on them but it it replaced almost all the cardboard tokens with either wood tokens or metal tokens in the case of the money Mm -hmm. um which was amazing but they still also gave you all of the cardboard tokens mm-hmm. like we like I just punched them all and just, and stuck them in a bag and then just, <laughs> just sit in the box. In fairness, you punched them all because our almost two year old loves to play with punch board. Oh, he does. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so the production value on this one um, off the charts, um, they had to actually make the box bigger to accommodate all of the uh, stuff, all of the bits that were inside of it. Um, took a while to sticker, even like you and me working together, because all of the character discs in the game, um, they provided enough stickers to double side them, basically. Yep. Um, that even just you and me t- working together took about forty five minutes to to sticker all that, but we finally got it ready, put it on the table, waited um, for the baby to go to bed, right? And, <laughs> and then I played. and so I, like I'd been looking forward to playing this one for a while. It got a lot of great buzz when it came out last year. Um, this, I was this, not disappointed. Well, this dude had a smile from ear to ear the whole time we were playing. Yeah, it's 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 a really solid uh, middleweight era. So in Orleans, um, it's a bag building game. So you have these different um, characters, basically, or they call them followers in the game. And um, you start with four basic ones and you can recruit more during the game. The way you do that is each player has a player board that has Spots. different action spaces on them. And the but each spot corresponds to one of these different followers. R- well, not more than one, actually. So, like, like to activate an action spot on your board, you have to place a specific combination yes. of followers on the board. Um, and then you, you, know, you, you place all your followers out that you want to use that turn, activate them, get the benefits from the space, um, discard them back into your, into your bag, and then draw out new followers um, for your next turn, um, so basically you're building up, uh, you know, a bigger bag. It's like a deck building game, but um, you're, you're, you know, you're using these little wooden tokens and and putting them out on the board. Um, lots of ways to score points. You can score points by getting money. You can score points by collecting the different goods. Um, you can score points by advancing on specific influence what, tracks. What were the little yellow? Those were called things. citizens. Um, okay, citizens yes. are earned through a variety of different and ways. You can get points collecting them. Right, and also um, as you move through, there's like a map on the board as well, and as you move through the different areas of France, um, you can put out trading posts, which also get you points, and that's how you primarily collect goods as well. Um, There's also buildings that you can build that are unique action spaces that only you can use. Um, just Just a really solid like middleweight Euro game. I knew we would like it because like midweight Euros are like our bread and butter, as long as the gameplay mechanics are fun. We'll play those all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one was no exception. Lot, lot Great time. Felt engaged the entire time. It was funny because when the game first started, it takes place over, I think, 18 rounds is how long the game lasts. And you're thinking, oh, my God, that's a lot. But <laughs> well, no, I mean- you don't think it's a lot because the first couple rounds fly by really quickly because you can't do a lot because yeah, you're really you're limited. Yeah, you're trying to build up your bag. Yeah, you're with what you have. So, you're, so, like, I got to, like, turn six and I'm like, 
oh my god, am I going to get to actually like do anything in this game? I was like, because I feel like I'm only getting to do like one or two small actions per turn. By the time you get to like round 11 and 12, you have like a whole line of followers out and you can start going all sorts of different places mm-hmm. and expanding in that way as well. So really, really fun. Um, the only knock that I would put on the game is that it's pretty low interaction. Um, there's a couple places where players cross paths primarily on that map board um, when you're going around the different regions. Plus, there's also a uh, another board called the Beneficial Deeds board where you can kind of call unwanted followers out of your bag and get a benefit by doing so. Um, and that's another way you collect citizens as well as they have these um, groups of spaces. And basically, the last player to put their follower down on that space gets a citizen token for their trouble. Um, but I, that's a very minor grape. The game itself was excellent. What were your, what were your thoughts on it? Um, I thoroughly enjoyed myself, which, you know, sometimes first playthrough, I'm just kind of still kind of stumbling <coughs> through. I feel like I got this one right from the get go. Mm-hmm. It was super simple to understand, but it's one of those where you're just like, oh my God. It's like he said, you know, the first couple rounds, you're <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm not doing anything. Am I going to get to do anything? And then you hit your stride around like round 10 and then you mm-hmm. start going nuts but um the artwork was fantastic i, I think just, that was um I'm, I'm i think it's clemens franz who does a lot of uve rosenberg's games like he did agricola and caverna and stuff like that if i'm not mistaken i could be wrong about that if i might apologize but yeah i um well and like you said there's not a lot of interaction which we usually like especially with just playing with the two of us we like to have a lot of crunchy interaction <laughs> we're about to talk about that in a second oh, here when we get to our next man one. the next but, game we definitely got some crunchy interaction with no but uh but orleans was a big hit um i will i guarantee we will be getting that one to the table very soon more and more frequently as we go along um it's gonna be pretty great and uh and look forward to exploring that one a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So there is um there are certain games out there that look very, you know, have like a very have a theme that lends themselves to making them look very, you know, difficult and, and heavier than they might be. And then they might be like a really light game, even though the theme would suggest that it might be a heavier game. And then there are games that look like they like they have this really whimsical theme and they're really unassuming. And then what you actually find is this really Brain busting, not not, not even brain busting, but just like mean, like forceful game. Um, Reef Encounter is something that I picked up in a recent math trade, and that is certainly the latter of the two. So, in Reef Encounter, um, you are growing your it's a tile placement game, but you're growing coral, you're growing coral underneath the and he found out just how much of a nerd his wife is when it comes to the sea life. (coughs) As I'm sitting there saying, Oh, well, that's that kind of coral, and that's this kind of coral, and and he's just looking at me like, oh, my God. <laughs> yep. But you're, grow- you're growing coral, and, and that's fun. And, and what and you, you do is you try to... And you have a parrotfish, and he eats the coral. Right, and you want to grow your, your coral reef up to be a large and size. And there's cute little shrimp meeples. Yep. And they protect your coral. They well, do. only certain parts of your coral. Right, and, until your parrotfish is ready to eat it. And then the parrotfish comes along and goes, eats all the coral, and you get to collect those tiles. And at the end of the game, they're going to be worth points. What they don't tell you is that there are so many ways to screw with your opponents in this game. <laughs> it's not even funny. So what Reef Encounter actually is, um, it's sort of like a it's like a, a market game in in some senses. 
It's a, I'm going to punch you in the face game is what it is. Well, so it's got, I really did want to punch you in the face at one point. Well, so it's got it's got this tile laying aspect, but there's also an economic aspect because the your t- the the coral that you collect is going to be worth a varying amount of points at the end of the game. And there's also a board off to the right hand side of where you're growing your coral mm. that has the different colors of coral. And if it's the dominant color on top, there's a color down so, below it, and the top coral can eat the bottom. Right. Coral. There's like a hierarchy, basically, and and that's also that's how, how you, you screw with your opponent. Yeah, that's also <laughs> how you figure out um, how many points the coral's worth because at the end of the game, each tile that you have is worth one point. Just for having the tile, but then it's worth an additional point for each of the hierarchy tiles that it is the dominant type of coral Mm -hmm. at the end of the game. So you're trying to make your coral that you collect more powerful while also limiting the amount of stuff that your opponent collects. And like Emily said, the fact that you can basically demolish other coral with certain colors is where... This guy here. I had one built up. It was like nine strong. It was like 11, actually. Was it? Oh, that makes it worse. So, okay, 11 (laughs) strong, okay? Next turn, I'm going to munch it up. I'm going to get all my tiles. This guy comes along and just breaks it right into my spot up. Breaks it. Uh, so basically, I took Blew her giant. Because what the what it is 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 as Emily mentioned, you have these like little shimp um, meeples that you can put out to protect. They even have your little coral eyeballs. They do. Adorable. But the shrimp meeple only protects the space that it's on and the tiles that are orthogonally adjacent to it. Yes. And you can only have one of them per reef. So mm-hmm. you can't you can't protect the whole thing. You have to pick the most you know tactically advantageous spot yes i learned my <laughs> lesson well and boxed myself into that corner the next time didn't I? that's right and then the other great thing is too is that the hierarchy tiles that we mentioned since they help determine scoring um you can actually flip them during the game and that basically reverses the the dominant coral to the other color that's on the tile and then that coral can munch on that one so but you can also like if your opponent if you notice your opponent collecting a lot of a specific color you can tr- instead of trying to catch up with them, you can just say, "Okay, you want to collect a lot of orange coral? Well, I'm then gonna I'm just going to make it over. worth like like as minimal amount of points as yeah. I possibly can before the end of the you game." You didn't do a very good job of that. No, you definitely won. Um, <laughs> we, uh, I, I had a little bit more trouble in this one, even though I made that great play by breaking up. But I mean, it was funny because we were kind of rolling along, and then when I did that, like the light bulb clicked in both of our heads, like, "Oh wow, like this is." This is a pretty cutthroat game. <laughs> that that was the point where I got very silent and I started with my passive aggressive talk, which he is like, so do you actually like this game or not? He's like, because I really get scared when you act. I said, look, I said, if I get real quiet and I get real passive aggressive, I said, I'm into the game. If I just start spouting off, shouting obscenities, I said, then I usually don't <laughs> like it. So here's that's, you know. Yeah, so this so this one had a had a very surprising amount of it teeth. Was very, to it. very crunchy. Yes. Very crunchy. And 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 highly um highly cutthroat. Like I said, it's a great game. Like we we it's like great that. for us. Yeah, we like that beating on each other aspect. <laughs> we we had no idea how how much this game would fit with us, mm-hmm. how it would fit so well with us, but yes, it's definitely but, I mean I just want to make sure I mention though, like even though you can really screw with your opponent's plans, it's it's very fair. Like if you're if you plan your growth effectively you can limit the amount the amount that your opponent is able to do to hurt you basically so i mean it's it's definitely it's not that it's unfair it's definitely a fair yeah i mean game. we were we were only separated by what like 5 points at the end of the game something mm-hmm. like that so i mean and i mean and, and and like so 
to compare it, I get just from the tiling aspect because it's a very different game, obviously. But to compare it by Car- to Carcassonne, like in Carcassonne, you could get screwed just because your opponent happens to draw tiles that help them, you know, horn in on or on your, your farm. stuff. Yeah, and this in this one, you have a lot more control over over what you're doing and and how to do it. And and there's a cool um you know, like risk reward mechanic. Like you're like, Oh, I got this coral reef and it's, it's pretty good. But if I can wait a cut, like one more turn, I can make it even bigger and score more points. And, and, and it, you have to, but you have to push your luck because you can only score a, a coral reef at the beginning of your turn. That's the only time that you could do it. So basically you have to protect it for one entire turn before. And to put it in, to, get it to put it into game show terms, I'm sitting there going, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy, no yeah. whammy. <laughs> yeah. So it's reef encounter was really good. It's an older game. Um, but still a good one. It's hard to find. Um, it is out of print, but if you can track a copy down and you don't mind, uh, like a little bit of a more aggressive game, uh, I would highly recommend checking it out. Um, we, we enjoyed it quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, next was another off of our get it to the table list. This one was off of my list and it was Takenoko Chibis, mm-hmm. which introduces the lady panda and you can have little baby pandas. <laughs> And it had a couple of new tiles. It had one tile, which is very cool, that can grow all three colors of the bamboo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is an expansion to Takinoko. Uh, Takinoko is a great game yes. um, that we like quite a bit. Um, it's It's been... It was an early pickup for us. and That's actually one we've introduced to a lot of friends, and everybody seems to like it. Because it's pretty easygoing. Um, it's it's easy to pick up and learn, but it's got enough... And the pandas are adorable. It's got, yeah, it's got enough strategy to, to keep it interesting. Um, if you're not familiar, Takenoko has you growing um, a bamboo garden, and there's a mischievous panda who goes around eating the bamboo. Um, but basically what you're trying to do is you have objective cards that you're trying to do. And the different objective cards are you're trying to create certain patterns of tiles... And on I, the board, it has certain colors of bamboo that you've eaten, mm-hmm. and, uh, or or grow or certain grown. types of bamboo, right. basically, uh, and at different heights as well. So Chibi's um, just adds more Takenoko to the game. So it adds new objective cards um, to complete. Uh, it adds new tiles that all have special abilities um, that change the game in different ways. Like there's another, um, there's like a pond tile. Um, there's a oh, t- there's the the gar- They have the gardener's house also. Yeah, that lets you swap out some of your objective cards. And then um, they also the have bo- an, the Buddha cards, right? Right. In each of the three t- colors, they have a card. So normally, if the gardener goes to a tile, he'll grow bamboo on that color tile and any adjacent tile that's the same color. But the the uh, Buddha tile lets you grow that on any tile on the board that's the same color. Yeah, which is kind of cool. And then, um, as Emily said, there's also the the lady panda in the game who, whenever you move her to the space with the male panda... They have babies. They have a baby. And the baby um, gives you a special one-shot ability um and also is worth two extra points at the end of the game so it's a way to score some more points um this is the type of expansion that i really like when they come out with for games because it doesn't change the scope of the base game it just gives you more of that and gives you some different things that you can focus on to help yourself what, out. what is your mantra when it comes to expansions like, like i said it should like i said expansions should never salvage a, a a bad game and make it decent and should always take a good game and, and make it better. So, and that's, that's exactly what it does here. It doesn't add too much. Um, it doesn't add like the crazy new, you know, rules that completely change how you go about no, the game. It actually fit in really well and mm-hmm. very, uh, very seamlessly. I might add. Yeah. And, and like I said, I, I also would not be afraid to 
you know, introduce the game, this with the expansion. Like I would play this with the expansion, like the first, like introducing someone to the game for the first time. That's also yeah. the hallmark of a good expansion is when it doesn't complicate it so that it's not too much more things to teach. Like you can right. have that flow in there really easily. So a good job here. Um, well worth it. The only, the only knock that I'll say is that if you feel like that the base game of Takenoko gives you what you need out of it, I wouldn't say this is an essential expansion. No, no, no. But as much as we play it, <coughs> mm-hmm. I think we needed it because it just makes it that much more fun. Just it just freshens it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and like it's the it's a little bit steep in price. Like you're paying because they had to manufacture it and ship it over. It's, it's thirty bucks, and it doesn't add a ton. Um, but if you're a fan of the game, I would highly recommend checking it out unless you have the giant collector's edition, in which case, unfortunately, I don't think they've made a collector's edition version of this expansion. But then again, you have a really nice version of the base game, so True. you can live with that. Um, but that's Takenoko Chibis. Um, not essential, but if you really like Takenoko, uh, it's worth picking up, I would say, for sure. Yes. So that's what we've been playing this week. Um, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to take a look at the games that we found to be most successful introducing to our non-gaming couple friends. So stay tuned. So we're going to go ahead and uh, and talk about non-gaming couples um you know because obviously not everyone that we play is in gonna be in the you know the meteor games that we like to play so we'll uh but we've had a lot of success introducing gaming to a lot of our couples friends Mm -hmm. um that have picked it up really quick and and what's funny is we've had some of them that go out and they're like they see games in the store and they're like they'll they'll text us and say is this a good game is this a good game Mm -hmm. or they'll pick something up and then we go to their house and they're like so we got this game and i was like wow i'm proud Mm -hmm. So um so th- these are the ones that we found that have been most successful now. I mean it's it's a very easy for this list to kind of overlap into a like a like gateway a party, games or list or a party game list or a party game list. We try very specifically to avoid that as much as we can um because and there is going to be some overlap. Like we did our gateway game episode um a few months ago and there's going to be a couple games that show up on both um but for the most part we tried to just stay away from your generic gateway games like so like no carcassonne or or anything like that right. um but just more stuff that you know it, gamers are going to find interesting enough to want to play um but non-gamers can pick up easily enough to to have fun with that and not feel overburdened by like rules and stuff like that as they go along right and this is also because we had quite a few game nights with friends here lately which has been awesome because mm-hmm. it's been nice to introduce things to our friends and they're like like they believe and they're like wow i want to play that one again <laughs> in the past uh i think in the past two weeks we've probably done more hosting for game nights than i can remember in the past like three months yeah <laughs> combined basically yep <laughs> so i mean the first one and this this one is probably i'd say of any of the games that we have has gone over gangbusters the best yes. um yeah, gangbusters no pun intended <laughs> um that's cash and guns um second edition uh which is from asthma day uh very fun um bluffing game uh set collection game you could say as well where there's like a share of loot in the middle of the table um and basically and you all get awesome foam guns Yeah, everyone points guns at one another and you're you're 
staying in the round basically is hoping that the person who has their gun pointed at you doesn't, um, have, doesn't a have a bullet in the chamber. <laughs> yeah. Or, and, but you have the option to bow out. And obviously if you bow out, you don't get shot and anyone that's left standing gets to share in the loot. Um, this has always worked great. I love this one because it has a very, um, a very nice player count range because it does four to eight. So if you have a, if you have more than one couple coming over, um, this works in really well. The, the meta dynamics work well too because you usually see, um, couples picking on each other. I haven't, I've never really seen couples, uh, working together no. against a common enemy. No. <coughs> usually they end up picking on one another, which is a lot of fun. And again, really simple rules. Um, everyone that we've introduced this to picks it up within two rounds. Um, you know, once they understand kind of how the mechanics work and, and everything like that. So this one's great. It gets requested all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of variety too, because every player has a special ability, um, that you get before the game that kind of steers how your your strategy. Mm. I had one where, uh, it said, if I took one wound, I took my wound and I was out of the round. But if I took two wounds or more, I took no wounds (laughs) and I got to share in the loot. So every time I have more than one gun pointed at me, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm staying in. <laughs> yep. So staying up right. See, a caching on second edition, um, really fun with that. Uh, next on our list is actually a newer acquisition of ours, and that's code names. It's getting requested a lot, though. Yes, it really is. And it's funny because our friend Rose said, because um, we've played this a couple times with her and her husband, and they just, they love it. We love it. But she has dubbed this the game that starts the fights. <laughs> well, yeah. So and and code names. This is the new one from Vladichavadil. Um, it's very popular right now. But it's a it's a word game where you have a, a grid of five by five where you have twenty five different words on the table, and there's like a code card um, for each team that shows where their secret agents are, and you're trying to give clues that describe the words on the table, um, but without you know hitting words that the other team might have, or there's also a kill word on the table and there's bystanders. Yeah. That, that are just like blank spaces. Um, so it gets tough because you're trying to give clues that and are it's helpful. It's funny because you think, okay, <coughs> 25 cards, you know, a five by five grid, it's not that huge, but when you're sitting there trying to string words together and you're looking at the table and then you give them the clue and you say, okay, this covers, you know, three words. And then you look and you're like, Oh, poop. I see like two more words that it could apply mm. to. And you're like, ah, you know, and, and like, and, and it's funny because like, it's, it starts all these, not fights, but like, like, Oh my God, how could you not see that? Like, I remember Emily, um, like one, like the clue that she gave me was soccer and two, like, so meaning that there, you know, there are two words on the table that describe soccer. So the first word that I guess was cross. And of course that was wrong. And I can't believe that she didn't see it on there. I have gotten very clever with one of them, too, though, because mm. the one I kind of lucked into because I wasn't even thinking it, and I said um, it, the word Czech was on the board, mm. as in, like, the Czech Republic and Czech Games, who actually published it, I mm. think. And I said publisher, and I didn't even see that on the board, and that happened to be one of our words, and I was like, oh, thank And you God. weren't even going for it. That's always great, though, is when you when you guess a word that you <laughs> weren't like, intending to get. I was get. like, oh, happy accident. Yeah. <laughs> But it, but then it's hard because you're not like the get the clue giver has to like they can't give any like other hints. So like like when you get a word that you didn't intend to get, you have to just like in your head, you're like, oh, that's cool. But then you're like, oh, no, he's but he's not going to guess one of the other yeah. words that I gave. But I can't say anything about it. So we got to wait. This one's a lot of fun. Um, and it's, and it gets a great game to play 
as like a four player couples game because you have, you know, two of the people giving the clues and two of the people guessing the clues. So it's also fun, like marriage test basically to see how in sync you are uh, with the different words that are on mm-hmm. there. <coughs> oh, y'all right over no, there. I've been, I've, this cough will not go away. <laughs> I've actually been pretty good on the show so yeah, far. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's because I made you take coughs here. Yep. Um, next on our list is Skull. Skull's a perennial favorite here for uh, when we have larger groups of people. Mm. We actually introduced it to the in-laws a couple weeks ago, which the in-laws yep. are completely not completely yeah, not completely into not. gaming whatsoever. And uh, yeah, they they took to it right away. Yep, it's I mean, and Skull or Skull and Roses because there's it's been printed eighty different ways. Also, so far. another bluffing game. Yeah, this this is kind of like a take on Liar's Dice. So you yeah. basically you have you every have your person coasters. has like these little coaster discs, and three of them have roses. One of them has a skull, and and you you go around the table laying them down until the one art person on says. These things is fantastic. Well, the, yeah, this edition I, I like love a lot. The art on these. Yeah, the the older edition that's called Skull and Roses has like. Like, like guns this and is roses one where I would want to buy another set and like mount it in something and put it on the wall as art because mm-hmm. it's that pretty. But it's always fun, especially um like the the one our one group of friends that we had over the um his his wife gets um would you say anxious or yeah she has <laughs> hun she she's she has anxiety she you know takes medication yeah sometimes so so to when she was it. so when she was flipping the tiles like as she was flipping over like you could see her success like, start by success shaking. she was getting like really excited like and she's, she's shaking <laughs> and nervous. then she's like <sighs> like you can see the sigh of relief i'm like oh my goodness and no, I was no, like, we're gonna cause her a nervous breakdown playing a game <laughs> and no, nothing's more fun than when you know you know you have a skull sitting on top of your pile and someone goes to flip one of your tiles over and you and you do the this, slow this SOB sitting across from me, let me just tell you, <laughs> every time I'm like, I don't trust him, I don't trust him, I don't trust him, and he always sits there across from me with that little <coughs> smirk on his face, and like, I know I shouldn't do it, and I always flip it. Every time I flip his one coaster, he's got a skull. Yep. You jerk. You should know not to not to come over this way. But also, like like the table talk and this one is fun, egging people on to raise the challenge oh, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. It's it's a good time. Well, it was funny because we're sitting there, and I think there was like we had we had six players. There was probably like what ten ten things on the board at that point, and like I just started off at like five, and they're like five. What happened to two? <laughs> I was like, go big or go home. Yep. And they're like, yeah, right. You're not going to do it. And I think somebody ended up raising me or whatever. But then another time we just had like six and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'll do all six. And I did all six and I won and I, you know, won that round. So, I mean, this is another good one. That's that's like I said, it's out of print, hard to find. But I mean, if you can find it like it's it goes online, I think, for like twenty five, thirty bucks. And you may say, you know, thirty bucks for a small box of coasters. No, trust me. Get it. You're, you'll be glad you did. It's It'll give you a lot of enjoyment. Um, <coughs> Skull is definitely a good one to check out. So the gamery game that we've had probably the most success introducing, um, probably not going to come as a surprise to anybody, uh, is Ticket to Ride, which seems to always get requested mm-hmm. um, with our best friends when they come over mm-hmm. and and check that one out. Ticket to Ride. I mean, I I doubt I need to explain it too much. Um, you know, set collection, route building. Three, there's there's literally three rules in the game. You yeah. know, here's what you do on your turn. One of these three things, and it's really easy to just throw it on the table and teach. Um, I haven't yet. Um, I, I'd like to introduce this to my mom, who is a very light gamer, but she plays just the more traditional, mm-hmm. you know, Walmart games, basically. Um, so I'd like to show her this and see how she she gets on with it. 
Um, but yeah, Ticket to Ride, uh, I would never let this leave my collection because it's a, it's the perfect. Well, that, and we bought the super cool anniversary edition. So. Right, right. <laughs> but I mean, it's, 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 everybody should own this game if they ever have to, you know, if they ever play with, uh, what's funny is sorry, funny little side note. So I was talking with some of my people at work and mm. the one, his daughter has, you know, gone to like Titan and they've gone to alternate worlds and stuff like that. Lo- more local gaming shops. <laughs> and um, they've gotten a couple of games and actually they were looking for a game to send to a friend mm-hmm. and they're like, oh, well, what about Ticket to Ride? And their friend was like, oh, we already have that. That's a great game. They're like, you need to get it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> get it for yourself. And, yeah. he, and he asked me about it. So I was, you know, I was telling him all about it. And then the woman that sits behind him, her son has a, he goes up to um, one of the places in Bel Air that does games and things. And uh, he plays games all the time. She's like, oh, my God. She goes, they got me to play it. I love it. So, like, it is fantastic. You can teach it to anybody. Mm-hmm. Inst- instant success usually with that mm-hmm. one for sure. And, and like I said, all the different variations and expansions they have out for it lets you uh, mix that up quite a bit as well. Yep. Love it. Um, next on our list is another one that hilarious. We introduced this to the in-laws. They came over for dinner and they said, well, let's play some games. So introduce Diamonds to the in-laws. Diamonds is a trick-taking game. Um, if you've ever played Spades or was Hearts or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Any I mean, trick-taking game. Yeah. But the, the <coughs> thing with this is... Um, the diamond, or well, each suit has a specific action. So if you mm. throw off suit, you get yeah, there to is, do that action. There is there is no trump suit in the game. Like right. you, can, you can throw off. You actually want to throw off suit as soon as possible because right. it lets you get more of the lets, diamonds, which is what you're you trying do to collect. More, right. Well, it's so funny because this one, his father's sitting there and he's like, "So if I do this, I get to do this, right?" And he's sitting there like he's trying to play dumb. I'm like, "Yeah, he's gonna shark us here." Mm. <laughs> No, and, and 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 this I I like this one a lot, and I I feel like we've mentioned on the show before. I like this one a lot because this is a great like it's grounded in you know regular cards because the yes. cards look like regular playing cards, and you know trick taking games are familiar to a lot of people. Regular playing cards and right, so except I mean, they go from one to fifteen. Yeah, this this is a great like intermediary step, but it's still like an amazingly fun game. Oh yeah, um, even when you're like me and forget to play. With the correct rules, because you're supposed to pass cards before each hand, and I always forget to mention it. He does. Drives me nuts. Um, but yeah, Diamonds is great. Um, you know, terrific game, and um, you know, it plays well at uh, at any count from three to six, basically, mm-hmm. and and can be taught very, very quickly. Yep. Uh, last but not least on our list is Camel Up. Mm-hmm. We have played this several times with... Um, some of our couple friends mm-hmm. and every time everybody loves it they think it's just so much fun because i mean who doesn't want to bet on a camel race <laughs> this this is one too that i actually like for the bigger game nights um because the, the more players you get in this one um i feel like the more fun you have with it oh yeah uh, because you know there's more betting going on and there's more you know gaming going on now more i smack talk <laughs> yeah you probably you probably don't want to go higher than I'd say six though, because I think I feel like seven and eight would you know every play, every player would get to do like two things. I don't think we've played higher than six. No, I don't think we have either. And like the, there's an expansion out now that lets you go to ten. I have no idea why you'd ever want to do that. Why would you want to go I to ten? I have no clue. But yeah, betting betting on the different camels, trying to predict who's going to come in first, and and this one's great too because 
of the unpredictability because it may look like that a certain camel is you know leading the way and there's someone bringing up the rear and then just through happenstance of when the certain camel dice fall out of the out of the the dice pyramid the one that's bringing up the rear could jump yeah, on could, the one in the lead the and, and then whatever camels on top is going to be the everything. one that wins yeah so yeah camel up's a great um a great game now this one has been trickier to teach people like i feel like for some reason people take a little bit longer to to kind of to kind of grok what's going on with this one as it goes along. But like mm-hmm. I said, once they do, it's, it's pretty simple and easy. So, uh, mm-hmm. and, and again, good one for, you know, when you have more people going, you know, in the group, basically when it's multiple couples, mm-hmm. I'd say, um, couple ones that we'll just mention really briefly. And we're just going to go stream of consciousness here. Um, Libertalia is a really fun game. That one's a little bit meatier probably than most, um, but it's a great game to play with with a lot of people. Um, that one does up to six for sure. Um, can you think of anything else as well? What else? Pop it in your head. I'm, I'm trying to think of what else we we bring out with with our friends. <laughs> uh, Stone Age. If, again, if you want to look for something that's easy to grasp um, with with one other couple, because that one's up to four players. But you want a little bit more strategy. We've introduced that one pretty uh, successfully. Love letter gets requested for if you have just four people. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for something super quick, yeah, love letter gets requested by our friends. Um, parade. We've we've gushed about on the show before. Yes, that parade, one works really well. Also, parade's great. I'm trying to think of anything else coming to mind. Nothing else is popping in my head real quick. So, but th- I mean, that's a pretty good, um, that's a pretty good way to start with. And if, and if you have, uh, you know, an, another couple, a set of couples or two that you hang out with on the regular, um, the games that we mentioned, I would definitely recommend trying to throw a couple of them out there. No, thanks. We just, played oh that. yeah, no, thanks is really good. Sorry, um, I just thought about that because we just played that with them a couple weeks. Yeah, that's like that's one that we ago. bought. Uh, we we played we had played it once a while back and just never got it back out. And then all of a sudden, you know, as you know, our friends were going to leave, they said, "Oh, we have time for one more quick one," and we ended up playing two rounds of No Thanks. And that yeah. was uh, that's a great you know classic quick filler. It's been around for a long time, but definitely a lot of fun. So yeah, so hopefully if you uh, if you're looking to bring uh, game night with your with your non gaming friends, hopefully those uh, those titles that we talked about would be. A great place to start. Um, if you guys have any titles that uh, that you like to bring out on on game night with your Shoot friends, us a line. Let yeah, us know. let us know on Twitter. Uh, you know, we're always interested to, especially since we just expand. I don't <coughs> think I put those pictures up. We just had to expand our storage for our games, so now we're yeah, like, the, we have the five by five space. The five by five expedited shelf uh, had reached its limit. And, and we, we had, need to spill and we, over. We exploded it onto the Flinby shelf from IKEA. Flimby's a good shelf. Yes. Thirty bucks and 30 does bucks. exactly what we needed to yeah, do. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's perfect for like those uh the Z Man games boxes, a lot of the TMG boxes fit on there. Yep. So well that's that's all we have this week. Apologies for the slightly shorter show. Um because I'm I'm dying over here. He is. This week. Um don't forget again, you can check us out online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Tabletop for Two. Uh subscribe to the show. Um that way you get the new episodes as they release. And also don't forget that we are an affiliate of the Nerdpocalypse Studios Network of Shows. Check out all the great shows on the Nerdpocalypse Studios Network, including the Nerdpocalypse, Dense Pixels, Black and Black Cinema, and Mouthful of Toast. Uh there's also a premium membership that you can subscribe to. Uh that's five bucks a month or fifty dollars a year. Um every week you get new episodes of the airing of Grievance and look forward um, once a month you get no time to bleed our action movie podcast which brad's on this week 
I actually no, I'm on next month's. Or next month. Next month's. We I recorded you were on this month. Now nah, they record two episodes. I only did the, the latter well, half. Look forward to hearing this guy's voice. Yeah, so I and I well I can preview that for you. So no time to bleed. The uh this month's that just got released uh was The Marine, starring John Cena. No way. Yes. And then next month uh we look at Luke Basson's uh lockout starring Which Guy Pierce. I was hoping that I could get in on, but I had to watch the baby, so I couldn't very well record and yep. watch the baby at the same time. And uh though we're not formally announcing it um there is another show that's going to be coming on the premium network i came up with the name for because this guy here he's he teases me all the time for being so corny but he comes downstairs and he says all right i need your cornball genius and And you came up with a brilliant one and i'm sitting there and i'm doing dishes and it came to me i was so excited i started jumping up and down so i can't wait for everybody to hear what the name of the show is because i'm very very proud of this yeah new new show (laughs) for me and micah on the premium network um a labor of love for us that we've been wanting to put together for about a year now we're finally going to get to do it um, we're very excited. I was just excited that he gave his glowing approval of my title and yep. told me I was a genius. Thank you, yeah, Micah. Stay, stay, <laughs> stay tuned for that because uh, it's it's going to be a lot of fun, especially if you are a fan of a particular action movie franchise. So, uh, so mm-hmm. that's all I'll say. Um, astute listeners who also listen to the other shows we, in the network we, can figure it well, out. Well, sure. and we may have mentioned a game <coughs> of the same ilk earlier in our podcast tonight. So perhaps. Yes. <laughs> Like I said, we'll, 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 if, like I said, if, if you don't listen to the other shows in the network, uh, we'll spill the beans the next time we record on the show as well. Yep. So, but that's it for us. Um, thanks for tuning in as always. Um, we will hit you back in a couple of weeks. We'll, uh, we'll see how we're doing with our get to the table for this month. A lot better as Much it turns better than out. Last month. Um, but yeah, until then, take it easy. See ya.